Hallelujah. Are you ready for heaven? Know some of them songs right there, they're old, but man, they're good. See, Brother Spanky, we should have brought you Dobro. We was talking about that before service. He said, somebody's Dobro. He said, it's just laying there, just not doing it. I said, you need to bring it, play it. He's like, half people wouldn't know what a Dobro is. I'm really the only one I'm worried about hearing it. <laughs> My goodness, a lot of those songs we, a lot of us in here grew up on. And it's, uh, it's, just, it's just exciting to sing about heaven. I love a lot of these new songs, but they just don't, they just don't top singing about heaven. I'm excited to go to heaven. I'm excited to see what God has laid up for me. I'm excited about it. Well, glad to be in the house of the Lord this afternoon. Are you glad to be here? Glad to be here. Glad to see everybody that's came out. I give great honor, great honor to my pastor. And I don't know if he is skirted in yet or not, but if not, he will be very, very soon. Give great honor to him and Sister Stevenson and their family. Give great honor to this great church. What a wonderful, wonderful, mighty, powerful church you are. And I love being part of this apostolic, truthful church. Love each and every one of y'all. Y'all have... I'm I'm 44 years old. I came here when I was 23. Y'all have just hugged me up and loved me and made me feel part of you. And and I want to tell every one of you, I love you. And I'm thankful to be part of your family. I hope each and every one of you feel the same way. Because we're part of a great revival church. Yeah. A great revival church. We've got the greatest leadership. We've got the greatest ministry and ministry team. The greatest leaders. It's just the best. And I'm excited to be part of it. Well, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Romans chapter 8 with me. Brother Stevenson told me the other day he needed me to cover Sunday school while he's coming in. And I do the dreaded thing, Brother Spanky, that I always do. Oh, no. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh. But God has spoke to my heart. I can stand here and say, I don't really wonder if I have a word from God. I know without a shadow of a doubt that He spoke to me. And in this short amount of time... I am going to try my best to get across what he put in my heart for this service. You going to preach with me? I'm going to try my best to teach, but it never really works out. So I'm just going to rear back and do what I do and uh, let God have his way. Because if I can get myself and my hide out of the way, everything else will go pretty good. And that's what we want. I want to be a, a help. I don't want to be... I've been preaching for some number of years. I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Nowhere near where I want to be. 
But what I do want to be is I want to be a help. And I pray that I am a help today. So if you have your Bibles, Romans 8, we're going to start with, with verse 32. We're going to read a few verses, then I'm going to let you be seated, but hopefully not for long. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for all of us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that he is risen again. And who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for, the, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the help of God, I'm going to try my best to minister what He has given to my heart on three words. I am persuaded. Look at your neighbor and say, I am persuaded. If you'll put your Bibles down and you'll raise your hands and you'll ask for God to move upon us, God, we love you. As you're being seated, say it. I am persuaded. Now, all these songs that they just sang about, there is one thing for certain. All this talk about going to heaven, you will not go to heaven if you are not persuaded. Every day at some point throughout our day, we're persuaded about something by someone. The salesman tries to persuade us to buy their product. The politician tries to persuade us to vote for them. You try to persuade your children to do better at school. The boss tries to persuade you to do better on the job. And the preacher tries to persuade you to sell out to God. Every day, all through the day, at some point in time... We are faced with the voice of persuasion. Give you a small example before I get kicked off. The, the other day, and they're not in here and I wish they were, so I could embarrass them for this. The other day we had a gentleman come to our house. He came in and he'd come with two armloads of boxes and cases. He walked up into my living room and he was a pretty good sized guy. 
He looked like a man's man. He had a big beard, and he had a few tattoos on his arm. Didn't really look like somebody that little old me would like to stand toe-to-toe with, you know? So I said, well, this may not be so bad. He went to breaking out the boxes, and he went to putting gadgets together. Brother Glenn, he wasn't trying to sell me a gun. He wasn't trying to sell me a bow. He was trying his best to sell me a rainbow vacuum cleaner. And I thought, what in the world are you doing selling vacuum cleaners? I would have never thought it in a million years. So I had my mind made up. I had this preconceived notion of like a lot of us men would do. Buddy, just roll the dice. Let's go. I've got my cup of coffee. I'll sit here and i endure to the end. And uh, we'll just get through this. And you, Mark, you check off your box and we can... We can all get out of here and go. And about an hour to an hour and a half later. Now this man, now I had my opinion, right? I had my opinion set. I had my mind made up. That nothing was going to change my mind. About this vacuum cleaner salesman that had come into my home. And that had set up his shop. But as he got to going and he got to got to showing me everything this thing this thing could do and would do for me. Brother Pee Wee Bass, he, he, boy, he was a salesman. You know why he was such a salesman? Because he was persuaded that he had the best thing going. And his opinion on his gadget and his persuasion on his gadget between his opinion and my wife's opinion and the other, uh, 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 person that was in the room that had brought this gentleman to my home, between their opinions, it just about swayed my opinion. Now, it did everything he said it would do. I cannot, I can't stand here and tell you it didn't. Everything that man said it would clean, it cleaned. Everything he said I'm going to embarrass you with, he embarrassed me with. I'm talking about that dude would work like nobody's business. And uh, he, he just about changed my mind. Just about. Can I stop right here and tell you that people's opinion can stop the will of God in your life if you will let it by changing your persuasion. If you're not locked in, if you're not persuaded to this, if you have any shred of doubt about what is in this book right here and you are just going through the motion and you're not persuaded of what we preach and what you read somebody with a silver tongue can come along pretty easily and change your persuasion when your persuasion changes your opinion changes when your opinion changes everything else changes believe me look at numbers chapter 13 Verse 30 and 31, all too, too, too familiar scriptures. The children of Israel had came out of Egypt and they are, they are, um, sitting here and they're bordering the land of where God had given them promise to. And Moses set 12 men over to scope out the land. He sends them over and he tells them, he gives them detail of what he wants, what he wants them to look for. He lays it out for them. So they take off. 
And they go and they come back with with stories and they come back with the fruit that the land held that took multiple men to carry. And they saw all the goodness of the land. They saw everything. It says, verse 30 says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able, not barely, not I think we can, if we have the right plan, we can. No, he said we are well able, well able to overcome it. But watch verse 31. But the men that went up with them, with Joshua and Caleb, the men that went up with them said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. The children of Israel had already been busted out of what some say was the greatest jailbreak the world has ever known. They were busted out of Egypt. God gave them a promise. God gave them a promised land. God gave them a covenant. This is what you will possess. This is how you will live out your life. This is what I made a covenant with Abraham for. This is your land. And the men went out and looked at it. Two came back with a positive report. Ten came back with a negative report. And because of the opinion of the ten, it cost the children of Israel 40 long years. Think of that. 40 years in the wilderness wandering around because 10 people said, we can't take it. Two men said, we are well and able to take it. The other people that are on the outside looking in have no idea what you and God are talking about. I have no idea what God is talking to Brother Spanky Neal about, or Brother Maurice Montpelier, or Brother Daryl Black, or Brother Robert Shadon. I have no idea what goes on between you and God. I don't know the covenants that have been made between you two. I don't know what God has spoken into your spirit and what you are striving to try to gain. I don't know the personal commitment that you have made with God on your own to bring yourself up to a new level. I don't know what God has told you to do and what God has told you you could possess. But can I tell you, the other people that are on the outside looking in, knowing and seeing that things are happening in your life, most of those people are nothing but jealous because they are not doing anything to get God's attention. I remember years ago, it's it's been some years ago, Brother Julian Ryder was here And he was preaching a revival for us. And he made that comment. He said, he said, if you're not getting anything from God, what are you giving to God? He said, if you're not hearing from God, what are you doing to get God's attention? And it smote my heart. Because, see, so we, we, we get it messed up. We, we, we think that, oh, I'm, I'm here and I'm doing good and I'm paying my tithes and I'm paying, I'm paying uh, uh, into missions and I'm sowing seeds and I'm praying for people. So that ought to be enough. I ought to be able to sit back here and God just pour into me. 
Can I tell you, if you're going to wait for that, you are going to wait a mighty long time. I've been in those shoes, and they don't work. God's not going to pour into you when you won't put forth effort to pour out on Him. It just does not work that way. So you cannot sit back and, and let the people that are sitting there critiquing and criticizing what you are doing for God on your own. You cannot sit back and let that bother you. What God is doing for you in your life, you cannot let them inter- you can't let them interfere with that because their opinion of what you should do will rob you from the blessing that God has laid out for you. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. It will take that completely from you. Because you've got to be persuaded of what God, of what you heard from God. I, I, I myself, I can, I can, I can testify to it. Earlier, earlier this year, it's been some months ago that, 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 that I've been, I've been hearing from God and God's been dealing with me on some, on some things and, and, and it really in my mind and in my thought process, it was, it was something that I just, I didn't know if I could do, brother, brother Casey. I didn't know. God, I think I feel what you're telling me. I believe, I believe I know what you're saying, but I, I don't understand that and I don't comprehend that. And, and, and God has spoke to me this year on some things that, that, that really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, and there's things that I've, I've talked to God about. And I said, God, if I do this, this is going to cause this. And if I, if I go here, this is going to break out this. And this is going to happen. And, and, and God has spoke to me numerous times. And he said, yeah, it very well might. Are you ready for it? And of course, when we, when we're on this emotional high, when, when we're up on this roller coaster, Brother Butch, and we're, we're on that mountaintop and we're looking out across it, it's easy for us to shoot our mouth off and say, oh yeah, bring it on. Come on, whatever it takes. I'm ready for this. I, I've been waiting a long time for this. I'm ready to sell out to do this. And it's easy, it's easy to do that on, on the high. But it's in those moments when you come down off of that high and the reality of life sets in and you start trying to keep your head down and just keep plowing and doing what God told you you're, you're supposed to do. That's the time that you've got to be persuaded to know what God spoke to you about. Come on. You've got to be persuaded on what you know. It's in those times when the valley is deep and it's dark all around you. You've got to be persuaded. I know what God spoke to me about. Because it's in those times that when everything is going to go wrong, it's when, it's when, when all hell is going to break loose on you and, and he's going to, he's going to load both barrels and he's going to point them at you and he's going to try to take you out. But the good thing about that is if you are persuaded, you can look at him right back and say, go ahead and aim if you want to, baby, but it ain't going to do any good because I'm persuaded. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a mouthful. 
when you think that neither death is not going to separate me. Life is not going to separate me. The angels are not going to separate me. Nor principalities or power. Nor things present or things to come. There's nothing that's going to separate us from God. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, I know, I know the mess that, that I made out of my life in my early years. And I know what God has delivered me from. And I know what God has pulled me away from. And I know what God has, has kept me from. And it's, I'm just here to tell you, you're too late if, you, if you're going to try to convince me that God's not good. Anybody in the world is too late. Just too late to tell me God's not good. God's been good to me. You don't know what He's done for me. I don't know what He's done for you. But all I can say is I'm persuaded. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah! I'm persuaded that there is nothing better than God. I'm persuaded that there's no problem. There's no problem too big for God. Isaiah 54 and 17 said, No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Why does he say that? Because I'll tell you why. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me and is in you than he that is in the world. You've come too late if you're going to try and tell this little preacher that God can't fix my problems. You've come too late if you're going to try to get me to sell out. You've come too late, devil, if you're going to try to convince me otherwise. I know it can get rough. I know, I know, I know things get tight. I know things things are, they, they, they seem like they're up and they're down and you won't have this and you won't have that if you do this. But Philippians says, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He's been my, my water when I'm thirsty. He's been everything for me. He's persuaded me a long, long time ago. He's persuaded me that he's everything to me. He's been my water. He's been my bread when I'm hungry. Like the children of Israel that wandered through the wilderness. Water by a rock. Bread and quail from the sky. He'll make a way wherever there's no way. I know he's been my healer. How many of you can test he's been a healer to you? How many of you had something wrong that God stepped in and God healed your body of it? You know what that does? That makes you persuaded that you can go up to somebody else and you can tell them God can heal that. For you're persuaded and nothing can change your mind. When God has done something for you personally, there's nobody that can sway your opinion when He's brought you out of a long way, when He's delivered you from something. Nobody can tell you He can't because you're persuaded. He was my healer when I was sick. He has been my way. Says, 
says, my way when there seemed to be no way. But I, I, I confess there was ways he's pulled me out when there absolutely was no way. Not only could I not see the way, it just wasn't no way. This is not going to work out. And God stepped in and said, that's where I can help you with that. So he's been the provider for me. He's been everything for me. My God has made ways to when I didn't understand it. He's been there for me. He has persuaded me when it didn't seem to be any way. He worked it out. He worked it out. Is there anybody else in here that can say God worked it out? Is there anybody else that can say, yeah, that was me. There was was a situation that I had no way, no control of, no way around. But God, say, but God, I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Habakkuk. book of Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 2 says 2 through 4 says oh Lord how shall I cry and thou wilt not hear even cry out unto the thee of violence oh thou wilt not save why dost thou shew me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance For spoiling and violence are before me. And there are that raised up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slack and the judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about righteousness. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Chapter 3 verse 17 says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olives shall fail. The fields shall yield no meat. The flocks shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hind's feet, and he will make me to walk upon high places to the chief singer of my stringed instruments. Hey, if you don't think Habakkuk had to be persuaded, he's saying, I don't care what you take. I don't care what there's not any of, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Oh, I wish you would stand to your feet and clap your hands. I wish you would throw your head back and say, I am persuaded. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're persuaded, God, we're persuaded. You can be seated, but you've got to make, you've got to make it known. You, 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 you can't wait until you're in the middle of the storm. It don't work that way. You can't wait till you get right in the middle of the storm to decide, Brother Spanky, that, hey, I better buckle down right here. I, I, I better go read my Bible. I, I better call a prayer warrior. You, you can't do that. You got to have that well settled. You got to have it settled way before the problem comes your way. 
before you get into the into the mix of it. I I think I think of David and, and Goliath. You, you you think David not a very big guy, and you you think Goliath just huge and massive and just a warrior. And, and David wasn't at that point. He had done his his share of things before then, but but Goliath was a man of war. It's all he knew, all he studied. So David knew good and well that if he got in there and tried to go arm to arm and toe to toe with that thing, it may not be the same outcome. What did he do? He dealt with it way before he got to him. He picked up his five smooth stones from the brook and he, he got to him in, in a swinging distance. And at that far distance is when he took out Goliath. He, he took him out from a distance. He took him out before he got in the middle of something with him that he couldn't control. You gotta have it settled. You gotta deal with it like that because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when things go wrong, when things go sideways, you gotta know, you gotta be persuaded, you gotta know and believe what you believe and believe that it's settled. When things happen, when life hits you like a freight train and, 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 and I, you, you can't pay your light bill and you don't have very much, very much groceries in the refrigerator and you don't have enough gas for the vehicle to go here and there yonder and about and you gotta know in those times that, that God has got you, that God is there. You, you take a week and you, you've gotta, you've gotta be persuaded that when everything starts tearing up and I can say this, you gotta, uh, we, we had a water heater, we had a dryer, we had a a washing machine. We had something go wrong with the vehicle. I don't even remember what it was. All in a week's time, it was just bam, 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 bam. You can't get in the middle of stuff like that and decide, hey, I guess I got to pray. You got to have that dealt with beforehand. You have to be persuaded. You have to be persuaded to do this. You are not going to live for God through the hard times if you're not persuaded. If you're not persuaded, anything can come. Any wind can blow, and it'll knock you off of your high horse. you got to be persuaded. If you're not persuaded when these tough times come your way, when they're just one after the other and after the other, You'll be tempted. You'll be tempted to quit and throw in the towel. But you've got to be persuaded. You've got to have a little bit of boldness about you to tell the devil, no matter what you bring, I ain't quitting. You've got to be persuaded. I... All of us get low when the things of life just hammer at us. We all get low. We're all guilty of stepping back and wondering, God, where are you at in all this? Everybody's been through things that you just wonder, what good is that doing me? What in the world, God? Why am I dealing with this? Why am I suffering with that? Why did this one say that? Why did this one take that? We're all guilty of doing that in the low times. Pastor took me aside the other day, and I love our pastor. I, I love him. He noticed he noticed me kind of being a little, little maybe weak, little fatigued, or 
I've been home now for a little while, and I've been working and just burning the candle at both ends and trying to make everything work, trying to keep the wheel turning, trying to keep plugged in here, trying to keep plugged in with my family, trying to have time to study, trying to do what I know God is talking to me about doing, trying to put one shoe in front of the other and just keeping my head down and walking. He come over and he said, he didn't really give me much of an option. No, not much. He didn't give me any option. Going to take you to lunch today. Be ready at 12. Yes, sir. And as busy as he is, I knew that when he stopped and just told me that, he had something to say. I'm one of those guys, good or bad, tell me. If it's good, all right. If it's bad, let me know so I can work it out. So we went and sat down and ate, and we started eating, and he, he asked me, he just point blank, well, how you feeling about this and this and this? And we just started talking. Talked to him about how I felt. He talked to me about how he felt, how he felt. One thing led to the other, and he said something that just, just hit me. He said, you can't make a decision for the light when you're in the middle of the darkness. He said, there's been a many a person that is where you are right now that has had life just crushed down on them. And it's at that point to when a lot of people want to give in and throw in the towel. He said, but you've got to be convinced of what God told you. You've got to be convinced of what he said to you. And do not throw in the towel in the darkness when God has called you into the light. Yes, sir. Can I tell you, each and every one of us, each and every one of you have been called for some purpose. I don't know what that purpose is. I don't know what it is. That's between you and God. But if God has ever spoke to you, if God has ever laid something on your heart, do not get in the middle of darkness and try to make your decision based on what you see around you in the middle of darkness. You've got to stay in the light. You've got to keep persuaded. You've got to keep persuaded about what God has talked to you and told you about. You know, why the devil, you know why the devil doesn't want you so to get persuaded? It's real simple. Because if you ever get persuaded, you're unbeatable. If you ever get to the point to where when somebody comes up and tells you, you ought not do that, you can say, I heard from God, and I'm persuaded. Because the devil will send people to talk to you in your ear. To tell you you are doing the wrong thing. You're pushing a little too hard. You're endangering this. You're not seeing straight. And if you're not persuaded, you'll let that opinion dictate on what God has for you and your blessings. So if you ever get to the point to where you are 100% persuaded, you're untouchable, you're unbeatable. And if you're persuaded, there's no devil in hell that can touch you. Now, that don't mean you're going to be great. That don't mean everything's going to be fine just because you're persuaded. That don't mean you won't never fall. Micah 7 and 8 says, Rejoice against me, not against me, O thine enemy, when I fall. I shall, I shall arise. I sit in the darkness. 
The Lord shall be my light unto me. Living for God is just that simple. It's a matter of persuasion. I am convinced. I am 100% convinced that people that leave the faith were never persuaded that they had what they needed. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. But if you will ever get persuaded, nothing can defeat you. You look at some of these elders around here that have lived for God for the most part of their lives and have got some 40 plus, 50 plus years of serving God. They did not just become persuaded. They didn't get where they are today with God because they were never persuaded. No, they were persuaded in this thing from the beginning. They knew that they had God by their side. And you have to have that kind of persuasion. If You have to have that persuasion. Because if Satan can come into you and he can get right over here talking and jawing in your ear, tell you that all this is not necessary and, and all this stuff that we preach about and teach about and what you see is not what it takes to get to heaven. If you're not persuaded, you'll change your opinion. You look at Eve. He persuaded her that she could be more than she was on her own if she would go and eat of the fruit. And what did she do? She ate of the fruit. The devil even tried to persuade God himself. You don't think he'll try to persuade you and me? He tried three times when God was in the wilderness on a day of, on 40 days of fasting. He tried three times to go in and persuade God himself to bow down and serve him. And God shut him down with the word persuasion. It's a matter of persuasion. If you'll come to the, to the instruments, please, Sister Joyce, and give them, give them a little bit of hope, please. God shut him down every time with the word. So if you're persuaded, the devil can't, he can talk in your ear all he wants to. He can say what he wants to say. But if you're persuaded, you got to just tell him that he's no match for you. You're persuaded. Why don't you stand to your feet as I try to bring it to a close. As a matter of fact, you look in the book of Job. Read the first two chapters of Job. God saw Satan going to and fro all over seeking. And he gave him, he didn't even just shine a little spotlight on him. He basically threw Job under the bus. You don't think it took some persuasion for Job? Even though everything that happened through all that book, it took some persuasion when the first time when the devil came and God told him, you can do everything you want to, but don't you touch him. And he robbed him of his cattle and he robbed him of his wife, his, his children and and, and everything that he had, his flocks, his lands, robbed him of all of it. And Job was still persuaded. And in verse 2, we come back again. And God told him, said, all right, go ahead, touch him. You just can't kill him. Have your way with him. You just don't you kill him. It took some serious persuasion. Something that was settled down deep in his heart. That made him...
No, I'm persuaded. No matter what he done, no matter what he does to you, no matter what he says to you, you got to think about this right here. If he's in your ear and he's telling you all these things that he's going to do, I'm waiting, I'm going to do this. Think about this. When God gave him permission to go and touch Job's family and to touch him, he never spoke a word to Job. He never came to Job and said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. He just went and he done it because God gave him permission. So if you hear the enemy in your head and in your ear telling you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, tell him it don't matter. I'm persuaded. That God's not giving you any permission right now because all you're doing is jawing in my ear. If he had permission, he'd never speak to you. He'd just come and do what he said he was going to do. So we don't have permission for that. So that ought to be a little bit of comfort. But through it all, keep yourself persuaded. When the times are rough and the things are going wrong, just speak those three words. I am persuaded God is on my side and if I got God on my side and he's in my corner no devil in hell is big enough to come come at me I am persuaded hallelujah hallelujah well we're getting ready to make our transition to our 6 o'clock service you've got about 10 minutes or so why don't you shake somebody's hand and tell